listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Pet Life Radio. Since you heard me howling, this is Deb Wolf, and we're on Animal Party. And today we've got back my very special guest. I like to have her come join us a few times a year because she's always got new information, new products. She's got her pulse on the pet world. It's Stacy Mantle from Pets Weekly. Welcome to the show, Stacy. Thank you for having me again. Oh, it's great to have you. Now, I know Halloween's coming up. Is there something I can do? That'll make my house a little more festive where I'm not just throwing money away. Because that's the thing. I like all the decorations, but they're costly and they don't hold up that well. I'd love to have that feel and, and be doing something practical. There are tons of things that we can talk about. We've got some really fun carving patterns we can do that are animal related, which we all know and love. They have some really great patterns of cats and bats and... All kinds oh, yeah. of wolves and cool. everything. So, so that's a low-cost decorating solution. Yeah, like the cat with the arched back or the bat on the pumpkin. A lot of little boys would love to have that on their pumpkin. That's cool. Oh, absolutely. You know, and there's a new thing coming out where they're decorating pumpkins and walls with this, this uh, water-based paint that was- washes off real easily. But, you know, we'll stay up there for a couple of days or a week or two until we take it off. And you can do some really fun patterns with that that's very, you know, cost-effective and it's not going to destroy your home. Do some really fun things out there. Some little, uh, you know, water bottle treats for your pets that you can make up in the shape of bats and zombies and everything else. Or you can just buy one that's already shaped like that. What about toys? Yeah, have, we got some, have we got some toys that kind of make us think of Halloween, but they'll last longer than Halloween? Have we got anything like that? We have got some amazing pet toys coming out right now. Um, in fact, we're going, going to be doing a big giveaway starting probably tomorrow. I'm hoping to have it live by then. Of zombie pet toys. So they are zombie-shaped toys for your pets that have an actual guarantee that they will last because they're so tough. And those are from Quaker Pet Group. Loads of fun, all kinds of shapes, vampires, zombies. We're doing the whole zombie line that we're going to be giving away. And we're going to be giving away two sets of zombie lines of, of every pet in the, or pet toy in the zombie line, as well as individual pet toys okay, for so do, many, how, many lucky winners. How do people enter the contest, Stacey? How can they get in on that? If they want to win a pet they, toy, what do they got to do? They go just head on over to Pets Weekly, and it'll be on the front page. You can sign in right there, and you can enter every single day to increase your chances. There's a little place that you can enter right on the website, right on the front page, and there's all kinds of things you can do to to enter, from tweeting to Facebooking to leaving a history of the zombie if you don't do Facebook or Twitter, all kinds of ways to enter, and we have a lot of things we're giving away. Well, zombies are really big now because they're part of that game, that Minecraft game that all the little kids are playing. And so I know I'm going to see a lot of zombies at Halloween. If you're dressing your dog up, zombies probably not the way to go because that's lots of bits hanging. And I don't like to see dogs or cats with any bits of costumes hanging because the second you're not looking, they're going to bite it and they're going to ingest it. And you might end up at the emergency clinic with a $1,000 bill or worse. So just don't do it. Come up with a costume if your dog or cat really likes to dress up and likes to be in the thick of things. 
that's really, really comfortable for your pet. It may even just be a bandana. Go simple. Less is more with this, you guys. Okay, so let's keep talking about some of the stuff you've got there. I know you went to, I can't resist doing this, Super Zoo. Dum, da, da, dum. So you went to Super Zoo, right? How was that this year, Stacy? Tell us all. You know, we just had a blast over there. There are so many amazing new products on the market and so much and stuff for your pets. I mean, you know how I am. I could spend 24 hours a day there, and they only had it open for, I think, eight hours a day, and it just wasn't enough time to see everything. But we did see some really neat things like a cat genie. Have you ever heard of the cat genie? The cat litter genie? No. Does it make it disappear? It helps sort out. It makes it so you don't have to take the garbage out every single two or three times a day. It works just on the same premise as a diaper genie. Only you put your cat litter into the box, it twists and clamps the top, and every time you have a new one, or a new, you clean the box, you just leave it right next to the box, you just put it in that container, open a sliding door, close it, and it keeps that litter contained for several weeks. I mean, I've had mine now for three weeks with two cats, and we don't have an ounce of smell. It's just real super easy to clean up. At the end of the, when it finally fills up, which takes a while, uh, you just take the garbage out once and you're done. So it's really easy to keep your litter box clean all the time. You know what? That's interesting. That's exactly, I mean, right beside, I have rollover cat litter boxes because I like those the best. They call them self-cleaning, which is a little bit of a misnomer. You do have to clean them, but it's got a shovel built in. You roll it over and all the hard clump stuff sort of falls to one side into the shovel and all this clean stuff sifts through a screen and, and gets reused. You roll it back, you pull the shovel out. So you don't have to actually get in and scoop it all. So I love these ones. But, um, but I actually use a, a sort of diaper garbage can that I retired after my kids outgrew the diapers because the thing about those cans is they're airtight. They have this weird sort of lid on them that makes it so you can't smell what's in them. And that's very helpful. We're talking about cats, that's for sure. Cats do have a strong nose. I know people are always thinking about the dog nose because it helps us find, you know, bombs and mines and drugs and dead people and missing people and all this sort of stuff. But the cat nose is very, very strong. And if a cat thinks the litter stinks, it's not going in there. So if you've got cat litter problems, sometimes twitch litters. Sometimes clean it more. Sometimes clean it with a different cleaner. All these things can make it just a problem disappear. Your cat just didn't like the way it smelled in his bathroom. So you have to make it smell kind of neutral, actually. Not too fresh and not too stale. Okay, so let's keep talking with Stacy here. I'm just interjecting pet advice as we go. And, and for Halloween, I've got a lot. Most dogs hate firecrackers. Keep them away from Halloween. Black cats should be inside already. Because when they're outside, they get caught by really nasty people who do horrible pranks on them that kills the cats. So if you've got a black cat, even if it's an outdoor cat, it's not an outdoor cat in October if you want to keep that cat. Just lock it in. Make a really nice, calm place for it with cat scratches and catnip. All the things it loves, make sure to visit it in there. And that's the same advice for Halloween night. Halloween night, the cats, no matter what color they are, should be locked up safe, away from the door, away from the traffic and the flailing costumes and the screaming kids and all the things that go on. So just let them be safe. If your dog's neurotic and nervous and afraid of things, this isn't the time to bring him out of his shell. This is the time to let him have a little cat room to hide out in for the night. And if you do take your dog trick-or-treating, you got to have two people, one on the dog, one on the kids. The one on the dog has the leash on the whole time, and that has to be an adult. Otherwise, 
You can get your dog stepping in broken glass. You can get all kinds of things, and traffic is a huge problem. So everybody, oh, and not to mention all the wrappers and the poison, the artificial sweeteners that are okay for humans but toxic to dogs and the chocolates. And So really, Halloween isn't the time for your dog to be loose, even if he's really well-trained. Okay, so Stace, let's go back to some of the stuff. You went to Super Zoo. What's coming up for you next? Have you got anything big planned? I know you've got your book going like crazy. Yeah, the book's been a lot of fun. Um, we're reaching 20,000 downloads on Shepherd's Moon. So that's a huge milestone for us, um, especially with no marketing budget or anything else. It's been a really fun journey, and book two should be out soon. The next thing we're doing is Bark World. I don't know if you've heard of Bark World, but we're going to be speaking at Bark World on how to blog on a budget. So that'll be a lot of fun. How to have a blog on a budget. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> for anybody that writes out there. So where was Super Zoo? Was it Las Vegas? It was in Las Vegas, yes. And Bark World coming up is going to be in Georgia this year. So, yeah. So let's, let's get back to Super Zoo. Um, of course, you know the Chad unit, which would be a really awesome addition to any household for this Halloween season. Um, you know how easy it is to lose track of your animals. And, and of course, hopefully everybody's going to keep them indoors, as you were saying, and not take them trick-or-treating. But if by any chance the dog is frightened or your cat is frightened, and runs away. The tag unit is a GPS tracker, and it will track. It does amazing things now. They've just upgraded the system to track your individual movement in the house of the dog. So you can kind of tell who's getting into the food, who's getting into the garbage, if you choose to have that track. Ooh, um, busted. Really you can neat bust thing. your dog. That's yeah. Tell how much they're eating, how much they're exercising. Really neat, pro- neat program. We used to try and bust the dog, but so often, you know, you hide and you put the pizza box out with the little treats in it that are tainted with Tabasco and you're ready to catch the dog in the act of doing this thing that he always does that you never catch him in, stealing off the counter or whatever it might be. And of course, he knows you're there. You can't catch him. Not, not if he's not a puppy anymore. He knows you're there. He's good as gold. Sure. So yeah, a nice way to bust them. You know, now you can do it remotely. I'm wondering, can I take this thing, if I had one, and stick it on my little girl, my daughter's sunglasses or her actual reading glasses so if she loses you, them? You could. You could actually put it on your daughter. <laughs> well, I wouldn't want to do that. It's her eyeglasses that we seem to keep missing. And my keys. My car keys and her eyeglasses. Those are the things that I need a GPS on, not my dog, not my cat. You know, my dogs are so well-trained, they follow me around. It's, they're watching me. They think I'm the one who's likely to get lost, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I wish mine were that well-trained. I need you to come over here and train mine. You yeah. get out of that cool weather for a while. Well, you know what? We're going to go to break soon, and we'll come back and talk a little more about what's going on with Pets Weekly, Pets Weekly magazine. You can all check it out. It's got pets. It's got dogs, cats, goats, chickens, you name it. There's stuff on there, jokes, riddles, famous sayings, all kinds of stuff, anything you need for a speech or a kid's project. Very entertaining website, as well as product reviews of the latest and greatest stuff and links to the news. It's pretty good. But, um, but while we're on the topic of dogs and getting lost, years and years ago, I used to be a dog walker before I owned Camp Good Dog, before I had this boarding kennel and farm. And, and um, you know, I used to go pick up a whole group of dogs, eight to ten, sometimes more, and take them into the woods or the beach or some beautiful place around Vancouver, wherever they lived, and walk them for about an hour and a half and then take them home again. But I often found, because I'm not from here, I'm, I'm from way back east, I often found I would get lost. And partway through doing this, maybe a few months into it, I realized that I was the only one lost. Every dog in the group knew where the car was. They just didn't know that that's what I was looking for. 
So I trained them to find my car, most of my customers and my own dogs. And then nobody ever got lost again. You, you could be any, you got to make sure you got a leash on them though. Because when you say, go find the car and he runs off to the car, you can lose him and the car. So you got to make sure you're on the leash, but they go really, really fast. It's really easy to teach. I've shown it on TV and I think I've even shown it on YouTube. It's definitely on my DVD. But all you got to do is you start at the car. You have your dog on a leash. You never treat this like a joke or, or a game. It's always serious. You put some kind of food he loves on the bumper of the car. You let him see that. Then you walk him backwards away from the car about 10 feet. And you give the command, okay, find the car. And, of course, he runs over to the treat or you even walk him over to the treat. It doesn't matter. He gets the car. He gets the treat. And then you go farther away and farther away and farther away until he can't see it, until he didn't see you put the cookie there, until there may not be a cookie there. It may just be that once he finds the car, you'll give him one. You know, it can be a little less direct once he gets trained for it. But your dog will find your car and you'll never be lost again. All right, everybody, we're going to break. We'll be back in a second. Just a little word from our sponsors. And then we'll be back on Animal Party Pet Life Radio talking to Stacy Mantle from Pets Weekly. Stay tuned, everybody. Pet Life Radio has tail-wagging, fur-flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to audibledeals.com. That's audibledeals.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. You're inside the VIP room. With the hottest party in town. Back to the party. Let's go. Hello. We're back on Animal Party Pet Life Radio. It's Deb Wolf, and I'm talking to one of my good friends, Stacy Mantle, Pets Weekly Magazine. It's an easy day for me as a radio host because it's media with media today. I get to interview someone who does interviews all the time and just hear what she's been working on lately. So, Stacy, what you been working on lately? Well, you know, we've been looking at all the greatest new products out there. And you know how we're always trying to keep our pets entertained during the Halloween season. There's a new product out by Solvit that is a giant cheesecake penthouse kind of type thing. I guess it's the best, best way to describe it. The penthouse has a canopy. It's about six feet tall. 
tons of platforms, lots of activities to keep the cats busy. Um, my two just love it. They just climb up and down. Totally adore it. It's their favorite sleeping area. And they can look outside the window and see all the birds feeding and see the other kitties that are in our enclosure as they play. And it's just a lot of fun. So that, that's a really neat product that's out. You know, while you're on that, I want to give just an affordable alternative for people. If you are out there shopping and you see in a secondhand store, used store, church store, an old cat scratch from other cats, you might think, ugh, I don't know if that's okay. And there's good reason to think that. If it's been peed on, if it's been marked, if they had mange, if they had fleas, some of that could be left on it. So you have to really, really use your nose when you're inspecting this thing. But if you don't smell any odor at all anywhere on this thing, even if it's stained, even if there's marks on it, even if it's covered in cat hair, it will actually be more interesting to your cats than a brand new one. (laughs) Honest to God, they'll scratch it up real quick. They'll go right from that sofa they've been damaging to this cat scratch. So it is worth looking for. And sometimes you can pick them up for five or $10, you know, and clean them up. Absolutely. You got to clean them up. You got to spray them down. You got to make sure there's nothing on them. But then you bring them in, and even though to you it's cleaned up, to your cat it smells like a whole different colony, and that's very inviting. So that's, that's one tip I'd give for that. Um, but, yeah, yeah, it's nice if you can splurge on some of these fancy new things Stacy knows all about. She's got the best stuff on her <laughs> website. The best stuff. The bling for pets. So, okay, Stacy, what else have we got there? Well, you know, I know that you've talked about some of your dogs are a little bit older, and you work with a lot of senior pets. And Quaker Pet Group, again, they just have the coolest things out right now. They have a new line of products devoted to senior pets, and it's called Silver Tail Senior Pet Products. They have things like an infrared handheld massager that will help with, you know, helping their hips and stiffness and things like that in dogs. They have a little massager that you can work with your pets with that will help with their hips, magnetic collars, you know, and I know a lot of this stuff is, Some people believe it works, others don't. I'm one of the big believers in it because I've seen it work. So so I really do try to encourage people. The thing about a pet is there really isn't placebo. And there isn't, you know, the pet doesn't even know that this is happening. This is what I find interesting. When you take a dog for acupressure and you have to carry him with another person into the clinic because he can't make the stairs or he can't even get to the elevator in and out of the car. And after this treatment, which is just a a vet or, or a practitioner placing this knobby thing against certain pressure points in his body and it going snap, snap, snap. So it's sort of like a poking all over. After this treatment, the same dog walks out of the clinic, jumps into the car. I mean, you just, you can't, you look at yourself, you, you can't question it. Nobody told the dog, oh, 75% of the time this worked. Nobody talked the dog into it. Nobody gave him the spiel. He has no belief one way or the other. In fact, the first time he went to the clinic, he didn't want to go. Every other time he was dying to get in the door. You know, you really, really, really see that they what works for pets. There's no, there's no BS really. It's very, they want to heal. They want to get better. If it works for them, they're going to show you right away. In fact, sometimes they'll overdo it because they feel so good. So you kind of have to watch it when you give them these treatments. Can you say? That is really, really true. And you know, I've just seen such a huge difference in all of my animals and I treat my cats that way as well. You know, just getting the laser out and working with them on that. There's just some really amazing, all-natural, non-invasive products on the market to help animals with pain relief. And you know how hard it is to medicate a cat. You know how many I have that are really old cats. They're old and they're doing well because I treat them this way and because, you know, they're fed really high-quality diets and they do, they do really well with everything. So that's why they get to this age, even though they're wild, feral cats. 
you know, they're able to let me deal with them on a lot of different things here. I really like the Silvertail Senior Pet product line, and I really encourage people to check it out. They can see that at silvertails.com. Okay. So that's, that's a really great, great group of people coming out with some neat things. Well, and I think sometimes we underestimate, you know, animals are very similar to us in their muscles, their bones, their, all of it, except they age about eight times quicker. And so, you know, your 10-year-old dog really could use a back rub. He really wants it. And when you're rubbing him and he presses into you, he wants it harder. And when he pushes away from you, he wants it lighter. But he'll give you the feedback if you just let him. And most of us do it without even thinking. We're stroking our dogs all the time. But a lot of us are ignoring our cats. Not giving the feedback, the sa- not responding to the feedback the same way. When the cat gives you the signal, it's enough, and you keep going anyway, and you get swatted, and you think it's funny. Okay, that, that's not a positive little dynamic going on there. You know, so there's true. a better way to get along with your cat instead of thinking, oh, that's just her. She's a feisty cat. No, no, that's just you. You're not paying attention to her cues that you're rubbing her too hard or too long or too much. So start paying attention to your animals and you'll get a way better relationship. You might find that feisty cat is still playful and feisty in a good way, but is no longer lashing out at you and it becomes an affectionate cat as well. So Stacy, you talked about food and old dogs. And there's a couple things I think of right away. Recovery is a nutrient, a little supplement you can buy, sort of like a vitamin. It's all herbs. And I can't get over the results I've had with it. I've got dogs off Medicam and, and Rimadyl and painkillers and, because they just don't need it anymore with this simple herb that costs less. So I, uh, I really like recovery. But I also wanted to caution people. Lately, I've been doing some interviews with some veterinarians, and it's getting me a little concerned. There's... A corn scare. I don't know if you've heard of this, but in the U.S. in particular, the corn crop was not good this year, and there was a lot of mold on it. And it's a particular kind of mold that's known to cause cancer in people. So there's a big dilemma with this. What are they going to do with all the corn? They can't use it for people food. So they've decided to relax the regulations and allow it to be used. Cut half-half, half good corn, half molded cancer, possibly cancer-causing corn, together to make pet foods. So I'm really concerned about this. Some of the vets I've been interviewing, three of them in the last month, have been talking about this. And it's, it's just making me want to advise people more than ever, read your labels. There isn't really a good reason to give a dog or a cat corn anyway, even good corn. They're just, it's really not going to help them in any way, especially senior pets. A lot of the senior diets, they get, the, they get less protein and less veg and more grain, which is not good for a senior animal. It's not good for a senior person either. Imagine feeding your grandmother just bread and oatmeal. I mean, it's kind of mixed up. So I want you to really, really read your labels. If you've got a good senior food, there's not going to be corn or corn gluten or cornmeal on there anyway, and it's certainly not going to be in the top five ingredients. So really check stuff out. Okay, Stacey, what have you got to add to that? Speaking of feeding, we have a really, you know, I don't talk about pet bulls that often because it's kind of personal and it's kind of, I mean, people like the, what they like and that's how it is. But these bulls are just so beautiful and so well designed. They're um, called Motopet bulls. And they're weighted on the bottom. They have these beautiful kind of modern-looking designs throughout the bowl. There's saucers for cats. There's beeper bowls for dogs. It's made from BPA-free uh, plastics, which you know the importance of, but maybe you can help explain that to some of the readers or the, the – I'm, I'm used to saying readers, but listeners. 
Or I can. I think, yeah, I think people know that there's a toxicity to them and it leaches into the foods and the waters and temperature affects it and all kinds of things. And you just don't, you just don't want to be doing that with your pets. They're licking it with their tongues. You know, the same reason we don't give those things to babies anymore. So I think people understand, don't you think, Stace? I really hope so. And, I, I, you know, it's funny because it's something I just learned about a couple of years ago and it's been going on for a lot of years. And I, I'm kind of sad that I didn't know about it earlier or pay attention to it. But now I'm really kind of focused on with plastics and toys and, and you know if I use plastic at all which I try not to do I try to go all natural but well, when I do I, I look for the yeah. BPA free the other thing about plastic and pets is no matter how careful you are plastic gets scratched by pets and as soon as you have scratches that's where you get bacteria so it's really not you can't stainless steel Stainless steel you can clean. I mean, if you're running a kennel like me, everything's stainless steel. The buckets, the bowls, because you, you need to not have germs from one dog going to another. And so, but in your own home, you can probably use some fancy stuff like what Stacey's suggesting. Your stuff would have to be bomb-proof like the stuff at Camp Good Dog. You know, we're going to have to go to a break again soon. But I want to tell people, if you need a puppy fix, if you want to see seven beautiful little puppies that were born September 21st. I have to keep reminding myself of the date. Their due date was the 22nd. So they were born one day early and uh, there's seven of them. And they're on my Facebook site. Just go to Camp Good Dog on Facebook because they're, you know, they live here at Camp Good Dog. They're on the site and you'll see their mom and the seven puppies and they're so sweet. Recently, I saw someone sent me on Facebook a picture of a group of puppies, very similar puppies, newborns, and they were all huddled. It was from Germany and it was a rescue place and it was showing these beautiful puppies and they were all huddled around this giant designed milk bottle that had several little nipples off it and they were all suckling and it just took my breath away because it made me feel so bad for them that they didn't have their mother. You know, I mean, great that these people are doing what they can, but boy, you need a warm mama, a mama who cleans you. You know, puppies, they can't even go to the washroom by themselves. They need to be licked and massaged in order to stimulate all of that. So they can die if they're not rubbed in just the right way every little while. And the mom smells when they need it. She knows when they need it. She's constantly licking them and rubbing them and keeping them the right temperature and monitoring everything they need as well as feeding them and showing them what to bark at, what not to bark at, who to like when their eyes open. So if you want to check out some puppies, their eyes opened, I think yesterday, and they started moving around just a little. So they're just pretty gorgeous. Check them out on Facebook on Camp Good Dog. And we'll be back with more from Stacey Mantle and PetsWeekly.com. Stay tuned, everybody, to Pet Life Radio and Animal Party. Don't leave this party before it's over because the best is yet to come. Only losers leave the party early anyway. Party on. Back in a few. Introducing the new Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection, exclusively at PetSmart. I created it for the pets that rock your world. Shop the Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection and celebrate PetSmart's 25th anniversary with up to 25% off thousands of items on the PetSmart site. Plus free shipping on orders of $49 or more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com. That's PetSmartDeal.com. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Welcome to GoDaddy.com's Internet Cloud. First, get your domain name from GoDaddy.com. Then, make your business and personal Internet dreams come true. 
go to GoDaddy.com. Use promo code PARTY101 and get a .com domain name for just $7.49. PARTY102 for 10% off your order. PARTY103 for $5 off $30 or more on any item. Or PARTY104 for 20% off one-year hosting plans at GoDaddy.com. GoDaddy.com. Domains, websites, and everything in between. This year, Americans are expected to spend a jaw-dropping $36 billion on their pets. From lighted leashes to high-end spa products, the discriminating pet owner can find just about anything to pamper his or her pet. Hi, this is Michelle Fern. Join me every week for Best Bets for Pets, where we'll talk about the latest pet products and talk to the companies that make them. Best Bets for Pets, every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet you're, you're, you're inside the VIP room. With the hottest party in town. Back to the party. Let's go. Hello. You're back with an animal party. And it is an animal party. I just saw another cat. I've got one behind me on the top of a bookcase. Another one on a cat scratch. One was ruffling through my bookshelves, making all my brochures bent and dented, which I don't like. But I have four cats that I admit to. One that's called Not My Cat, who hangs out here, so five. And four dogs. Is that right? I can't even think of anyone. No, five dogs. One of which, the reason I'm saying four is because there's four in the house, but one of which is a mama with her puppies all set up in her little maternity den. And so we've got five dogs, four cats at this location, only three humans. How many you got there, Stacy? I think you outnumber me, don't you? I think I do on cats. I think you got me on dogs. Uh, I've got three dogs and right now 12 cats. So we've got two indoor that are just kind of pets. And the other ones are in indoor, outdoor enclosures. So they don't get eaten by coyotes and mountain lions that come into our backyard because they're a little bit wild. So So I'm guessing you and I have the same problem. Sometimes I will go somewhere. doesn't matter where a checkout, a cashier, a bank teller, a coffee place. And the person serving me will all of a sudden start rubbing their eyes and sneezing and coughing and kind of yes. and they'll say to me, I'm sorry, I'm not sick. I don't know what. And I'll be like, no, it's okay. You're allergic to me and I apologize. I'll just take a step back. <laughs> that happened I, I have that same reaction with children. <laughs> oh, no, Stacy, You got to meet some nice children who behave. No, we love kids. We do. Obviously. Lots of them running around, so they're a lot of fun. In fact, I just did a presentation at a Girl Scout troop the other day, and oh my gosh, how much fun was that? Really neat little group of girls. Well, every litter I have here, I take to the school, and um, it's amazing the reaction you get. You get kids, it's almost like they have this spy network. They see me through the blinds, and the word passes, and I get kids running out of the school to ambush me in the parking lot in the hallway, and, you know, can I, can I please touch a puppy? Can I please? Yeah, it brings out the best in children. It really does, especially when you teach them how to care for them, when you teach them that the animal feels things, that you don't just touch it to get a reaction poke it, provoke it, pester it, chase it, that there's a better way to go. And this starts really young. It starts when they're chasing birds on the beach or, you know, at a place where birds are being fed. It starts then to teach your kids how to interact with animals. And once they figure out that they can be welcoming and the animal will come forward, they won't be chasing anymore. And they'll be interacting so much better. And then, you know, if they want to chase, 
by all means, get them to throw something and, and play chase with a dog. You know, that's the way to go. But there's a way to learn. You know, I often see people, I had a standard poodle recently named Apollo, gorgeous dog, puppy. And the lady called me and she said, I think he hates kids. I think he's attacking kids. So I go over there thinking, not very likely, right? I mean, really, what are the chances? And sure enough, no, <laughs> Apollo is dying to play with children. He just has no idea how, hasn't learned. And so the children sort of run at him and run away and run at him and run away all the time. They come just within reach and then they stop if he's on leash or if he's in a yard. So he's become a sort of bounding, galloping, horsey type of dog with these big paws and he's just so excited. And if he ever gets anywhere near them, he grabs them with his mouth. Now he doesn't bite them. He hasn't bitten, he hasn't even shredded any clothing. He's got this big, soft retriever mouth. But he needs to learn, you never bite children. You never put your mouth on children. Okay, we did that. Children need to learn how to play with a dog. All the children that live in that neighborhood are taunting this dog. Not wanting to, they just want to do something with it. So we had a group of them over, and we had them throw the toy for him, and taught him how to play fetch, and taught them how to pet him, you know, and him how to sit for it. If he jumps, the kids walk away. If he sits... The kids walk forward. Now, if you want to see that, actually, I did a bit of that, not with that dog, with a different dog, on YouTube. So for free, you can go to Deborah Wolf on YouTube and look up. There's 10 training clips. Um, one of them is uh, greetings with kids and dogs. And it's just basically, it's so, so easy. You just plan a time, book some kids or go to a schoolyard, have your dog there on a leash. You can give the kids treats or balls if you want. Make the dog sit. If the dog sits calmly and quietly, the kids pet him and spoil him and do whatever the dog loves. If the dog does anything else, the kids back up. Within seconds, the dog is trained. Two or three times of this, and you've got a dog who won't jump on kids anymore. He'll sit for them. All right, Stacey, I've been throwing in the training stuff. I'm not really sure why, but uh, <laughs> let's go back to some of your material. Let's talk about Pets Weekly today. What else are you got? Okay, uh, well, we've got, you know, one really important product that we, it's actually not a new one. It's, it's a little bit older product, but it's been revamped for 2012. And it's called Pup Light, P-U-P-L-I-G-H-T. And then what it is is a dog safety light that hooks on your dog's collar or any collar. It comes with a collar. You can just put that on at night. And it drops below their neck and it lights the way. So not only is it a great safety device, especially for times during Halloween and when it's getting darker outside a lot earlier at night, it also gives you some extra visibility when you're walking your dog. And if you just put your dog in the backyard and they're not coming back, you know where they're at because you can see, obviously, this huge LED light. It makes yeah, dogs definitely. visible up to a mile away. Really neat product. I also like reflectors on the backs of kids on Halloween, on the collars, on the leashes of dogs if they're going trick-or-treating. Get everybody to light up. Don't, don't make it so that people can't see you. I mean, seriously, if your dog's black, he needs, he needs a collar like this. He really does. Absolutely. It's really so important, especially during the winter times, you know. So I always like to make sure people are aware of that during, the, during this time of year. Let's see what else we got going on at Pets Weekly. We've got, um, we just had a huge Frankenweenie contest for the Disney movie Frankenweenie. We had a great giveaway on that. We've got, of course, tons of other giveaways coming up along with the, the Zombie Nation toys. Those are going to be a lot of fun. We've got, um, let's talk Halloween for a minute. You know, we'll give you an interesting statistic here. Did you know that one-third of pet parents dress their pets up over Halloween? Do you know what? I that's, want to talk a lot about of people. that. Yeah, that is a lot of people. So go with the costumes. First of all, on a cat, do it quick. Praise the cat, cuddle the cat, get it off. Practice a little bit before Halloween, a few times like that. On a dog, 
Same idea if the dog doesn't like it, but if you make the costume really, really simple and you praise the dog and tell him how good he is and reward him when he's wearing it, he'll wear it. Most dogs don't care. Just make it comfortable. So, you know, I was thinking the other day about sometimes you and I, we're so used to pets, we don't realize some of the things we know that other people just don't get. And, you know, Halloween's kind of a time for wolves. And I know there's a lot on your site about wolves. And we've done shows. If people want to know more about wolves and familiars and all those, that aspect of Halloween, ghosts and, and all the animal connections to the spirit world and all that, Stacy and I did a show on exactly that. So you can look it up on Pet Life Radio. It's one of the earlier episodes on another Halloween. But this Halloween, I was thinking about wolves. And, you know, I said to someone, I said, isn't that incredible? We were watching this television show about wolves, and they were showing them in nature. And I said, you know, anytime you freeze frame any of those photographs, it doesn't matter which one, I can immediately tell you who the alpha wolf is and who his mate is. Every single photograph. And he's like, are you serious? And I said, well, yeah, look at them. Not everybody can do that, can they, Stacey? we got to start No, and it, <laughs> it's really interesting that you said that because I have the same reaction. I can tell who's in charge of that pack and who's, who's the beta, who's the, you know, the older, the older wolves, the nursemaids, all of it, you know. So it's really interesting. I'm sure you can do it a thousand times better than I could. No, no, no. All of your experience and training. It's just really interesting, <laughs> though. Yeah. It is the language of the canine, though, and it's all through the wolf world, the dog world. The wolves are just extremely visual. They're, they're semaphore. Like, when you look at a wolf and it's pissed off, it's like a dog pissed off times 100. It's got way more creases in its muzzle. I mean, its message is really easy to receive. It's like dog spoken so simple for humans, right? Like, it's, it's the message, but you have to be able to read much more subtly to read domestic dogs and wolves. Wolves send their message. They're not messing around. So, um, and I know you've had some hybrids yourself, haven't you, Stace? Yeah, you know, I have a real soft spot for the hybrids, and they're so hard to work with, and just don't make great pets, and people get them and finally realize this, and they end up in the animal shelters, so I'm usually the one that they call to go in there and pick them up, and, you know, we, it's really hard. I really don't encourage anybody to ever get a hybrid unless they know exactly what they're getting into and, and are willing to, to modify their entire life, their entire home. These animals yeah, are, you know, they're meant to be wild. Wolf crosses or coyote crosses, that's what she means by hybrid, where it's half dog and half something very, very wild. And people often think a half dog, half wolf will be brave, will be tough, and they are sadly mistaken. This is an animal that wants to be in the shadows. It wants to be away from humans. So you're going to have a very tricky animal to work with. Plus, and this is something they never take into account, and this is with the wolves especially, they absolutely do a complete turnaround at several stages in their life. The dog you meet at one and two is not the dog you meet at four, and he is not the dog you meet at eight. In fact, he's never a dog. He's always a wolf hybrid. And so I've had one before. I had one for years. He died at 17. He was an old, long-lived, smart dog named Mike. Oh, wonderful animal. But, you know, Mike could get out of anything. Mike could do anything. Mike was not a dog. You know, Mike could kill anything. Mike could kill 11 squirrels in a half hour if you let him. You know, Mike was not a dog, right? And that's the thing. People really need to know that. So we're talking about Halloween and safety. And I thought it tied in a little bit. The other thing is black cats, black dogs. If you're out looking for a pet, 
and you can at all. If you want to get a dog or cat and you go with a black choice, you will be opening yourself up to way nicer animals. And I'll tell you why. Because every speckled, spotted, cutie pie dog and cat in the pound or in the shelter has a way better chance than every single black dog and cat. So the black dogs and cats are way overrepresented. So if you're looking for the sweetest, most easy to train, most kid-loving dog and cat, for example, just look at the black ones. There's, you know, you're going to find one there. You're going to find a gem of a dog, and you won't be swayed by the freckles. Why do people not like black dogs and cats? Part of it's superstition, although in Japan it's good luck to have your path crossed by a cat. So, but part of it's superstition, a black cat. But part of it is that they don't photograph so well, so they don't get seen as well. They don't look as good in the cages, in the dark situations that they're often in. So everybody, if you can adopt a black cat or dog, especially this time of year, take it home, make it safe. All right, Stacey, we are running out of time on our show today on Animal Party Pet Life Radio. What would you like to finish up with? We could do one more little topic, and then if they want to hear more from you, they'll have to scroll through our old shows. Or wait till next time. So what should we do? Okay. Well, let's do a quick tip on uh, costumes for your pets. And let's talk about using the thundershirt and decorating the thundershirt. So the thundershirt works on calming your pets down. And you can take that thundershirt, decorate it, do whatever you need to do with it. And chances are good your dog's getting a lot calmer wearing that than a typical costume. So so like you're saying, put them on, take them off. Yeah, let me just caution here, though. Okay, the Thunder shirt is a shirt that sort of wraps the dog really, really tight. And the idea is if your dog's afraid of thunder or fireworks, you put this on him and he relaxes. And it has an extreme effect. It's almost like being surrounded by other animals, sort of cuddling him, sort of like in a pack, like, like if he was in your lap, which you don't want always, or underneath the bathroom tub, hiding from the thunderstorm clawing at the walls. Okay, put this thing on and he relaxes. But... If you decorate it up with things he's scared of, you're going to reverse the effect. So don't put anything noisy on there, right? Really think, about, <laughs> really think about how you decorate the Thunder shirt, which is supposed to be his calming therapy, not, not something he's afraid of. Okay. And, and, I and I'm thinking more along the lines of a tiger stripe or whatever you're doing as far as something that's flush against the material, not, not anything that's going to be hanging off of it or causing more anxiety. You're absolutely right. So, so the paint, that kind of thing, anything along those lines are great. And again, don't leave it on too long. Just let them work through it. And, and we don't dress our pups up, but I know a lot of people do. So it's always good to be prepared. Or when you were talking about that, you said pet parent. And I think I want to pick up on that because I was, um, I'm supposed to be interviewing Caesar sometime soon. He's touring Canada. And I don't know how that's going to go or if it's going to happen, but (laughs) it'll be interesting. But in preparation for it, I started watching him on TV. And one of the things he said in an interview, I haven't seen his show yet. I'll have to catch up. Got to do my research. But one of the things he said was he corrected a woman who was describing herself as the pet parent in the clip. And, you know, I often think that when someone says, oh, I'm my dog's mommy, I imagine this big, saggy, titted Rottweiler that actually is the mommy. And I think, you know, that's not very flattering of yourself. But okay, you know, I sort of think these funny thoughts when people say they're the pet parent. Mm-hmm. But I understand it because I don't think of myself sort of as an owner or a dominator. You know, I, I think of myself almost as their, their leader, their companion. I don't know what word's right. So I want to ask the audience, send us your email. Send us your feedback. Are you a pet parent? Are you a pet owner? Are you a pet companion? Are you a pet leader? What are we dealing with here at Pet Life Radio? What are you to your animals? And Stacy, 
What's your take on this? What do you do to your animals? I don't have my own human kids. So for me, they're just kind of like my kids. Now, there's differences. You know, it's hard. Of course, there are differences. But at the same time, I'm doing the same thing that I would do as a parent. I'm providing support. I'm providing food, shelter. I'm providing discipline. All of those things that you would provide to a human. And... And I think it's, you know, it's very similar. And I don't think, I think people shy away from the ownership part because nowadays we are getting more family related with our pets. I mean, they're a part of the family. So I'm not opposed to pet parents and I try to use that a little more often than I would pet owner or pet caretaker. I think caretaker would be a good one too, but I don't think it really encompasses the relationship between a human and an animal. Especially no, when no, you're... caretaker to me doesn't give the response back. Like the fact that, like I'm actually serious. I really do have my dogs make it so I don't get lost. I mean, I wouldn't expect my seven-year-old daughter to help me not get lost. Well, maybe someday. Oh, no. When I'm old, yeah, I guess so. I guess it is similar, you know? I guess when I am yeah, old, I mean, you'll see her helping me get around and get to my appointments and stuff. Oh, dear. I don't want to think see? about that. See? <laughs> uh, it's a little scary of a thought, sure. <laughs> it's just they, they mature quicker because the dog or the cat is already adult in your life quite quickly. And so, you know, right. you can count on them to protect the house, for example. That's a very adult responsibility. I'm not caretaking. When my dog keeps the person thinking of robbing me away, that's him caring for me. Thank you. You know? Right, right. And garden property, yeah, absolutely. There's just so many aspects that are, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I think it's different for everybody, and it depends on what their personal relationship is with the animal. And, and if they leave it outside in the yard all the time or versus bring it inside and then sleep at the base of the bed or whatever, I think it's really different for everybody. In some cases... I think when someone says they're a pet parent, and maybe this is what Caesar's upset or doesn't like about it, but in some cases, I think they're not expecting anything back from their furry kid. They're expecting this, you know, to coddle and care for it and baby it and, uh, and it should still come to them, but they're not really expecting, they're not honoring that. And and that's, I think you're right on there. I think that there has to be that balance there. Just as you expect certain things from your kids, certain behavior traits and certain, you know, behaving and and giving back to you on some levels, you do expect things from your dog and you should. And it compares to parents, you know, there's different family styles. Like my son is only nine years old, but he's the same size as me. So I expect him to help carry in the groceries. Like period, you know, that's just the way it is. Sure. He's a big boy. He has more energy. Why not? You know, he's going to eat the food, certainly more of it than I will. So, um, but I think, uh, I think some people don't expect their dog to find the car or heal properly or bark at strangers or any of the things the dog would be very, very happy to do. Most dogs really want a job and cats want to interact with you. You know what, Stacey? We're going to have to do this on another show. We've completely run out of time on Pet Life. It'll be a great topic. Well, it's so nice having you. I'll have to have you back before Christmas. And we'll talk about what to get for, for Hanukkah, for Christmas, how to keep your pets safe over the holidays. We'll do another holiday show coming up. And then we can talk about, yeah, how to communicate, how to get more out of your dogs and cats. Because they want to give it to you. They do. They Absolutely. Want it. And it makes them better animals. I mean, it makes them better companions for you. If you and have that same expectation from them. Less bored, more valued. They feel better about their role and everything. I just caught my cats today trying to give my dogs mice. Oh, well. We'll explain that another time. All right, everybody. Thanks so much, Stacy. It's Deb Wolf on Animal Party from Pet Life Radio. Be good to your animals. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. 